Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number two. A strong constitution written by Writing Monkey. Coal marks trading port gathered all kinds of species due to its open trading agreement and location. I swear I've seen everything when it comes to alien forms. I've seen sentient clouds, floating eyes with a fixation for food coverings, and Alfkin with his slime bridle loping. Really, nothing surprises me much anymore. There were curiosities, but little truly surprises me. So, uh, when a human came before me, I only directed one eye stalk at the first, expecting for it to disappear as quickly as it came. Humans are secretive, you see. They keep their knowledge closely guarded as well as their physical forms. They rarely take off their helmets even in a controlled environment with air scrubbers. In fact, when they do take off their helmets, they have these breathing apparatus that cover their mouths like they don't like sharing the air with other species. They don't even dare touch anything with the bare hands. It's unobvious that they have five digits, but if they were clawed, bulbous, or tentacled, no one really knows. A species collective record would probably reveal something about these oddities, but there aren't any official records for humans. Humans actually refuse to tell the Galactic Commonwealth anything about their bodies, and especially not their home planet's location. It's like they're afraid of anyone finding out. This paranoia is probably why they are not officially members of the Galactic Community. In fact, a Galactic member technically isn't supposed to trade with humans since they aren't officially considered a sentient species. Humanity is supposed to jump through all sorts of normal steps, you see. Filling out forms and inviting the Commonwealth to your home planet to be judged by the Galactive. They absolutely refuse, though. The Galactic Commonwealth is stupid, if you ask me. Humans are obviously sentient if they have FTL travel, and that means that they hide their origins. Then again, if they were fully law-abiding, they probably wouldn't be in my dingy little store, eyeing my salvaged wares. The mucks, the species that ran the owned coal mucks trading post, weren't exactly legal either. The predator species fell into piracy and other galactic rules became too constrained for them. It is in their nature to hunt, fight, and bare their teeth and raise their hackles. On their homeworld, it was perfectly acceptable to get into a brawl with another politician or a political envoy. Fur flying everywhere. It would honestly make for a good show, and the medics had something to do afterwards, putting small bandages of claw marks, but some emissaries lacked the sense of humor, it seemed. The clawed and whooped emissaries, mostly herbivores, were sure that the mucks would sooner or later eat someone. The mucks swore that they made an honest effort to not eat any sentient life forms. Accidents don't count, mind you. But other species could not be dissuaded. They demanded that the mucks' representatives be declawed. The mucks, their claws an object of pride and honor, refused. 
Not that I blame them. Predators aren't treated very well by the Commonwealth. Most races find them barbaric for what is merely their nature. And Mux also had the misfortune of coming from a great sixth death planet, which has also earned them a lot of strife. Best because their planet isn't the most hospitable doesn't mean that the Mux should be punished for it. Nonetheless, the Mux kept the port interesting. Thus, the port gave them a place to sell their hunted goods. Really, a piracy was just a sport to them at this point and way to anger the Commonwealth. Hunters calling, if you will. But I digress. I am now curious because the human hasn't wandered away from my stand. Perhaps speaking to it will reveal something of its nature. Many agree that they must be skittish herbivore race, while others argue that the species is merely cautious because it had suffered a bad first encounter. Many doubted the latter because any invading race would have made a public proclamation. They would have let everyone know about their claim to the non-sapient, though technically sapient, race. That is, uh, unless the invaders are all dead. But I rather doubt that. I mean, uh, just look at the thing. It only has four limbs, and two of them are strictly used for standing upright. Surprisingly, green forward-facing eyes looked up at me. There was a breathing apparatus over its mouth as well. Hello, she murmurs. The translator apparatus covering up most of her airy tones as well as informing me that the human is likely female given the range of vocals. Are you Reach? I heard that you have salvaged jumper L-88 engines. I am stranded in port until I can get it repaired or replaced. At this point, repair is unlikely. I croaked an affirmative and drew her attention to the hologram models I had in stock. Some races were strong enough just to pick one up and run with it. That's why I don't keep them up front anymore. Not that she looked capable of carrying a jumper engine, not even a tiny OXI3 model. I stared at her for a moment, watching for a second inward digital scroll through the engines that I had in stock, eyeing each one critically. Personally, I was surprised she wanted that model. The L-88 engines were created by the Calvix race insectoids. They weren't the strongest or mean species out there, but they were the hungriest and quite numerous. They had a bad habit of eating an entire world they conquered and moving on. The Commonwealth, of course, didn't pay them much mind because technically they weren't predators. They ate only plant life, this is true. But after eating every single green thing on a planet and leaving a natural species to starve, was that really a herbivore thing? Apparently, yes, they didn't eat any sentient beings, not even by accident. Not that it mattered much. It has been nearly 60 standard Commonwealth stellar cycles since anyone has seen one, and they finally found a planet that could keep up with their ravenous appetite, or did they pick on a primitive race that couldn't crush them with the numbers alone? Who knows? Honestly, who cares? Still, it was strange that she wanted that model. They aren't exactly produced anymore, and there were better engines out there. Then again, who knew what she would try to barter in exchange? One creature had often assaulted his skin once. I am ashamed to say I accepted and licked the trench of black and neck like a starving beast. I shouldn't have, but I did. Not that I was too worried about being hygienic. Dangerous microbes are few and far between in the galaxy. In fact, death worlds that contain such microbes are usually scrubbed and barred by the Galactic Commonwealth immediately. Hmm, 
I wonder what it would be like to lick a human's back. She looks salty. The human, now eyeing me warily, seemed ready to sprint away, so I turned my attention away from her tasty looking back. For all I know, that is where she carries her young in an egg sack, and I am threatening her young. Regardless, my main legs click as I come forward, putting up one of the nicer L-88 engines I have. This one is rather reliable, a little aged, but uh, for a fair quality, I said. My communicator connecting with hers, it is an older model, likely scavenged. What are you offering to barter? She pulled out some strange type of digipad with a glowing screen. The device had a symbol on it, a symbol that my translator says it's some type of fruit. Strange, the name technology after a fruit, but I did like the device. It's sleek and has a different kind of look to it. Obviously, it's human technology. Though, when she showed me the list of her own tradable goods on the strange digipad, it was anything but human. She was offering other species tech from translators, biosuits, to entire battle mecha. It didn't even scratch the surface on what it could observe. But the yellow never went down without a fight, and they never sold the technology. Hardly, though. A lot of these goods were older models, like they were all scavenged. Not surprising, since most belonged to lost species, such as the Tilkven, Yellow, Calvex, and the Hesh. Most were nomadic species and world devourers. The Commonwealth noticed their absence, yes, but most didn't care. Staring at this human part of me, he wondered if perhaps the Commonwealth should have cared about what happened to those species. Maybe we all should care about the humans and what they are hiding. Beside myself, even though I knew I should pull my smaller limbs inward to protect the stance and ask the human to leave, I voiced my curiosity. Even if no one else wants to press the humans for information, or ask them what happened to the Calvix, I want to know. Humans don't seem capable of defeating such foes. They are so squishy looking. Not to mention that they are obviously outdated if they are using other species' ships. Tell me... I clicked, my translator soft and almost a whisper. How did you, uh, acquire all of these products? Most of these species are hostile. The look we shared spoke volumes. She knew that I knew what all of these tradable goods meant. It was a muck trading port after all. The female cocked her head to the side, thinking of an answer. Maybe connecting with her secondary brain if she had one before her eyes seemed to wrinkle upwards as she was baring her teeth underneath the mask guard. Well, most of those species didn't have a very strong constitution. We literally didn't lift a finger against them. We just took a breather. If you know what I mean. He pressed my sensory organs against my head in confusion. I uh, didn't know what she meant. I presumed it was a messy though. Well, I need to clean the products after they are purchased, I asked, to find a whole torso of pool of bloody fluid still in the cockpits. The female seemed horrified for a moment before she shook her head for the some reason. Oh no, 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 we disinfect everything we sell. Everything. Like, we keep our friends healthy and happy, though we cannot say the same for our enemies. The sensory on my head lifted up and fell down. A dark feeding forming in my gut. There is a reason humans cover their mouths and never touch anything with our gloves, although maybe they were trying to protect themselves from the rest of the universe. But now, I heavily suspect that they are merely protecting the rest of the universe from themselves. I pity any of the species that try to cross the humans. 
At the same time, though, I can't feel that bad for the Tukvin, Yellow, Kalvax, or Hesh. No one will really miss them, and it has been a very profitable day for me. I have a feeling one day someone will reveal humanity's secrets, but I don't want it to be me. I have a feeling I don't have the constitution to deal with such things. End of story. Story number one. For a small fee written by Interesseret, her mother Axie stood in a private bunker. How good things have come to this. Her people were not warriors, nor instigators of feuds. She would rather engage in discourse than ever cause her people pain. So, what could be done when the brood ships of the Lac 12 arrived? Her dozens of long antennae swayed silently in a display of great stress, swiveling her eyes towards the side viewports. Her mother, Axie, looked towards the last of her brave defenders, continuously firing their muskets towards the trenches in front of them. Her mother! Her mother! Her voice drew her out of her thoughts. Looking towards her executive assistant, she asked, What is a child? Her mother! The Lesphilian bruisers have breached the beachhead F4. We cannot keep them at bay. Please, I beg of you, take the escape pod. All is lost. Turning back to face the bulletproof glass, her mother Axie knew that there truth in the words. But there was still one solution, one that she had promised never to use, not after what she saw back on Kexini 23. Images of red clouds and wastelands and flashed through her mind. A particularly close shell hit the ground, throwing her and her staff to the ground. Disoriented and desperate, her eyes stirred around the room, looking for her children. Seeing a technician bleeding on the ground, she made up her mind. Call Terra. Hello? Thank you for calling the Terran Blackwing Alliance. My name is Louise. How may I be of assistance today? For a moment, her mother Axie was thrown off due to the jovial-sounding human voice coming from the FDL transmitter. We are in need of assistance, she said. Fantastic! What kind of assistance can I provide you? Thinking for a moment, Axie replied, We are under attack from the Lechfeld Empire. We need immediate space, ground and air support. Money is not an issue. The transmitter was quiet for a while. We have a Punisher Battalion 34 as well as seven hammers of God en route. ETA, eight minutes. Please hang tight. Your bull stands at 7,211,533,509 galactic credits. We are here at the Terran Blackwing Alliance. Hope that you have a lovely day and that you contact us again. Should you ever need more support. She had done it. Several of her antennae shook, full of remorse for what she had done. The sounds of muskets accompanied through screams of soldiers and phantom sense of scorched earth. Never before had anything like this happened on this planet, and hopefully never would again. Closing her eyes, she took a deep breath, preparing herself for what came next. Only once had she seen it before, that was more than enough. The first call would come, then smoke, then the vibrations, and then, uh, then the screams would begin. This is Battlemaster Jackson. We are cruising in outer system. Please be advised that we are ready to supply danger close orbitable embarkment. Please transfer coordinates of targets. Nodding her confirmation to one of her remaining technicians, she steeled herself. Her mother Axie stared out in front viewports of the Lechfeld trenches. A dull, thumping sound of canisters hitting the no man's land reached the bunker. She could almost hear the hissing sounds and the red mist starting rising up off the tops. 
Immediately after, thunder-like booms shook the air as the Hammer of Gods arrived. Specially shipped columns of pure titanium smashed into the far trenches, obliterating everything. The dirt and rocks that they kicked up landed all the way on the Hub Mother Axis front lines. Sonic booms almost deafened her, even through the concrete and steel. Inertial dampeners had made sure the shocks weren't too bad inside the bunker, but she felt for her soldiers in the trenches. They had no warning. Their carriers landed. Tall beings with two legs stormed out their base, running in cover of gigantic steel and titanium monsters, spewing fire and death upon the Lespelian bruises within reach. The sharp cracks of their automated weaponry drove most of the cover of their ears, yet her mother, Axie, stood still. When the Terran warriors closed the distance, they put away their horrible guns and brought out weapons formed only in the nightmares of the most insane and unstable individuals. Automatic saws with gigantic evil teeth tore through the hardened flesh of the Lesbian bruises, flamethrowers roaring their fury as they fried anything and everything in their path. And the screams, all of the screams... Mucus was leaking from her breathing slits as Axie herself cried for the loss of life that she was witnessing. Her soldiers were abandoning their posts, screaming in fear while running for safety from these monsters. Of course, she knew they would only harm the Lesbol. After all, that's what they were paid to do, and everyone knew humans never move outside their home unless paid to do so. This was their legacy. Guns for hire. And only for hire. The red smoke finally started to clear up. Through the remaining wisps, the bulky form of a human in full vanguard Mark III armor came towards the Hab Mother, Axie's position. His helmet was formed like a twisted skull, forever grinning. When he reached the Hub Mother, he snapped a crisp salute and handed her a small holly viewer. Here you are, ma'am, your receipt. We are almost done cleaning out the targets. Humans never showed what they looked like under their armor, but Axie still recognized the voice of Battlemaster Jackson. Thank you, Battlemaster. I thank thee for the quick response. We hoped it will not be needed a second time. The Battlemaster turned towards the ravaged battlefield behind him. In case it does, you know how to contact us. We were always willing to help. For a small fee. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.